It's Davy and Crystal. This is our third episode of our podcast, the Experimental Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> All right. So today, I actually wanted to ask Davy, how specifically did you go about uploading this podcast to all the three different platforms, Stitcher, iTunes, etc. Yeah, so um, it was actually a little bit more complicated than I originally thought. I thought you would just upload a file somewhere um, and it would just magically work. Um, Let me ask you a quick question sure. first. Do you think it's possible for anybody to create a podcast? I think so. Uh, there are services that allow you to do it. I really... I have a high pain tolerance, and then I also wanted to delve deeper into like what the process was like. Okay, So great. that's why I did everything myself by hand, rather than doing it by, um, I guess, now through another boss. service. Yeah, yeah. yeah through another so there's service. a lot of other services. Um, Libsyn is one, um, and then there's a whole bunch of new startups also kind of into the space, so that you know they give you a database, and you type into it, you know, name your podcast... They just, the make it easier. they just make it easier. Um, and they play up how painful it is because they obviously want people to sign up. But if you're a listener right now and you're interested in starting your own podcast, I think, Davey, what you're about to say is going to be really helpful because it's almost like, should I self-publish or should I go find a publisher for my book? Is, is it, a, it sounds like a similar process. Very similar. The, it just so happens that I code and I can develop and I really enjoy coding, right? So... Very similar. A better uh, analogy would be: Do I code my own website or do I use WordPress? Right. So, WordPress makes it super easy. Mm-hmm. You can handle it yourself, you know. But it's a little bit limiting of what you can do, and also it's just somebody else's framework for doing what you want to do. So, I often like to look at things from a first principles perspective as to what is required to do it, and then determine whether I want to do it myself or if uh, it would be better off to just use a third-party provider. Now, the downside with the third-party provider is there's all these pricing tiers, and you're like... It's confusing. To it's confusing as hell, and but rightfully so, because each episode, depending on the popularity of the podcast, would demand different things. So what I do right now is... Our podcast is hosted on Amazon AWS, so it's using um, Amazon as the storage facility. So if somebody downloads the podcast, which is about 30 to 40 megabytes, we uh, I just pay for it from the Amazon cost, which is like really, it's like dirt cheap. What's dirt cheap? Like 2.3 cents a gigabyte. Oh, that's pretty cheap. <laughs> I just wanted to make Very sure cheap. because Very I, cheap. I don't know how to code the way you do, and yeah. I'm sure there are folks listening who you know would be curious as to, hey, could I do what Davey did? If Davey did it himself, could I do it? So you could. It it takes a little bit more work because I also like to automate tedious tasks, um, but all of this is solved by paying somebody something like fifteen dollars a month, right? So it's not like gonna break the bank. But at the same time, it's not trivial either. So eventually what you have to do is you have to create an XML file which gives the structure of all the podcast inputs that a iTunes, a Google Play, and a uh, Stitcher would require. So this is a little pop-up at the end of the podcast where it asks you for name, title, year, 
Etc. Is that what you're referring to? Is oh, the, the one that you just saw me do? Yes. No, it's not. Okay, this That's is totally separate. separate. This right. is totally separate. Um, this is just a, a file that you have to put on a web server somewhere. And what happens is every single time you update, you add extra information to this file. And then you tell Google or, yeah, or uh, Android Play, excuse me, Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher, hey, there's something new here. It pulls, it crawls it, and then it like posts it online. So that's so. There's a master file that the XML file for Ask Experimental um, that's hosted on our web server that is then pulled from these. That's pulled in, and then they just index it out. But if somebody downloads it, they need to be pointed to the correct MP3 file that then gets pulled from our Amazon servers onto their phone. And that's where the bandwidth costs come into play. I see. That's right. And then you have to submit it to all three of them. You have to tell them that there's an update to it. What's the relationship between the XML file and the AWS server that hosts the actual gigs of the MP3? Um, the XML file has a URL to the MP3. I see. That's right. That's the connection. That's it. That's the only connection. Other than that, it doesn't care where it exists. It could exist on Amazon. It could exist from your Dropbox. It could exist from anywhere. So walk me through um, what you actually did to make this all happen. You yeah. created the XML file. Yeah. So first of all, you have to research what the structure of the XML file is. So the XML file, and this is why I sent you that email, which is like, hey, Crystal. Uh, I need some help on I descriptions. Need... <laughs> I need some help on titles. Categories, all of keywords. this stuff. Keywords. So that's standardized universally. That's right. That's right. And all of them require it in a certain format. And then each episode has its own requirements of what needs to happen for each episode and then you know say for example well the first episode it's very simple right you have the podcast level information and then you have the podcast sorry the podcast level and then the episode information and that was it it was just one and one now if we what we'll have is one podcast description and everything and then finally all of the episodes will have their own little block and little chunk of like, hey, this is the title, this is the description of our second or third or fourth or fifth episode. And then finally, this is like the keywords. Um, one of the funny things is uh, there's even an explicit tag. So if you looked on iTunes, there's a little E. That's also because we aren't editing, but also because Crystal and I might drop a swear word here and there. Oops. And they are very like strict if it's bleeped out or not. Okay. So I pretty much said, we're explicit all the time. Yeah, that's the best way to cast the net because I can't promise that I won't drop an S or an F-bomb here and there. Me neither. Because we're just being ourselves. Yeah. Or, yeah, and I don't want to go through the entire file and find that moment and then bleep it out. Well, there is a product that one day might be able to help with that. Probably. That, we'll yeah. tease that in a so, Yeah. So, <laughs> right. But um, that's kind of like the way to... Uh, to 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 do it um and then it's you know then you have to submit it for approval so there's probably a human who's like yes this is not like super gory super graphic you know or whatever uh from each of these providers and then we just waited and then i was like emailing you screenshots or texting you screenshots of all of the it was a very exciting process um (laughs) how many hours in total went into this process um a lot of it was on the research side because I didn't know how to do it. At some point, I should probably write something that says, 
this is how you should do this or this is how uh, it, it should be created. But for the most part, I didn't feel like doing that. Um, and I just had to read a lot of different sites. So I finally figured out what the structure of the XML file needed to be. Um, and then I just coded it up and coded it in a way that it would be easy for me to personally maintain, not like editing an XML file because it's awful. <laughs> so tell me about editing an XML file. What would yeah. someone use? Like a uh, notepad? Yeah, like a notepad. notepad. But the downside is like each, like, how do I say this? Each tag has to have a beginning and a closing tag. And if you miss the closing tag, it doesn't work. It's just like an HTML page or whatever. So mm -hmm. I used a different format so that I wouldn't have to worry about that and it would just automatically do it for me. Got it. Because I'm that guy. <laughs> so I don't know like how it, best it, to explain that if part. If someone doesn't know how to code, it sounds like they are in for a world of hurt just because of all of the technical know-how required. No, it's not that. It's more like... I just want to do everything myself. It's kind of like baking a cake from scratch versus buying like a pre-made batter. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I just, I really like understanding the thing and then finding ways of just building the thing. Um, I would view myself as kind of an edge case. I could have saved myself like something like six or eight hours by just paying somebody 15 bucks a month to do it. Uh, but at this but then I wouldn't have as much control and I wanted to experiment, right? Like kind of the name of our podcast is for us to just experiment and us, for us to learn, right? So I view it more as like not a waste of eight hours, but I just spent eight hours learning like about an investment. That's right. Peeling back the onions so that you really got to learn as well as upload a podcast. Yeah. Two for one special. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's kind of like the way that, um, that I did it and it just took time and... You know, there's a lot of cool sites out there that allow you to validate the um, XML file. Mm -hmm. So they would actually go through your XML file, make sure everything's like working, everything's pulled in correctly, okay. et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's doable for someone who wants to put the time into learning how to do That's it. That's right. And it's kind of fun, right? Like you're coding. Like it's fun. Right? <laughs> you're I don't such know. a nerd. I, I know. Guilty as charged, right? Um, the <sighs> Hashtag nerd nation. <laughs> Hashtag okay. nerd, nerd nation, yeah. Go Stanford. Um, big games this weekend. But, oh, it is. Yeah. I hope we do well. Yeah. We've been kind of kind of spiky lately. Very, very, very finicky. Um, but um, that kind of like time boxes <laughs> when, when, when we did this episode. Um, the yeah, and it, it's just really fun. I, I think that I always love going back to first principles when when, when building something. Mm -hmm. uh, that actually makes it. I don't know. A little bit more enjoyable. Are you more a morning or a night person when it comes to massive amounts of reading on your computer? Because I think that's the biggest generational shift between folks who work now versus maybe our parents' generation. We spend long hours, just our eyeballs going over letters on a digital screen. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest with you, I, I am a little bit pessimistic in terms of the rate at which I think people's eyes are going to be... Um, deteriorating I think that yeah. that rate is going up yep. um, human eyes are looking you know with all the infrared and all of the yep. blue light so uh, when is the best time to do all that reading on the computer um I just I think it's not time based it's more environment based because you know if it's late at night but you have all the ambient lights on it should be fine for your eyes the, the eye strain is not as high um, whereas, you know, the worst thing you can do is like 
lay in bed with like a bright screen shining on your face <laughs> with like Guilty tiny font. Charged. Yeah, that's kind of a... Uh, yeah, there's actually two interesting hacks I have for that. Uh, one, actually, I, I I finally found out what my favorite feature is for my phone, which is airplane mode. Airplane mode. Airplane mode is my favorite feature. So there are days when I actually go through like four hour periods with my phone in airplane mode. It's Aren't you a little anxiety. worried for the onslaught though? The moment you go off airplane mode, because but, that's that's what gives me some anxiety. But I'm ready for it, because I know I'm going off airplane mode. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, you know, I'm on the bus. You know, hit me with it. <laughs> Let's go. I'm on the Caltrain. I'm on the Caltrain. Bring it, baby. Bring it. Bring it. Come on. Come on. Internet. Unread emails. No problem. No problem. Uh, I, and I think the airplane mode is really awesome for me personally because it allows me to focus on something that's not digital on my phone. And it also forces me to be more present. So when I, one of the best habits I have, which is, I don't know, this is, again, very subjective, the best habit that I have, which is when I'm in a meeting with somebody, I just immediately just put my, like, I'm grabbing a coffee with, like, a friend, uh, you know, a potential investor, or, you know, like somebody who works in tech, another designer, whatever. I say hello, look at my phone, make sure there's nothing crazy, and then I immediately put it in airplane mode, put it on the table, and just like, am 100% present. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I can also do is still take notes on my phone, right? I always ask the permission to take notes on the phone, but without it buzzing, without like the notification light going off, without all of this other stuff, um, the phone actually becomes more of a tool rather than a distraction. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of my favorite features. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the whole concept around people being tied to objects is really fascinating, especially with really expensive cars. Whenever there's a really expensive car, I think of the car owning the driver as opposed to the driver owning the car. Because How so? Some, How because so? you're suddenly... If, if you have a really... It doesn't have to be a car. It could be an expensive bag. I'll, I'll put it in right. perspective for me. If I have a really expensive bag, and I don't really have any for this reason, but um, I experienced maybe um, having a really nice bag that was a sponsor's, and I had to return it in pristine condition. Right. And I was afraid to put it on the ground. I was afraid to leave it anywhere. I was afraid... I was afraid. And I, I changed oh, my behavior according to this item. Because... And I started realizing, what the heck, right? I'm, I'm the human being. I should be the master of all this stuff. I should be the right. one determining if I want to put my bag on the ground, that I can put my bag on the ground. But just like with drivers and their expensive cars, you've all seen that guy who's like, oh my God, I'm so terrified of going to that neighborhood or I'm afraid that my car's going to get broken into. I'm afraid this, I'm gonna, I don't want to get into this fight with this guy because he's going to key my car, right? Which is, you know, in all fairness, right. that's, you know, damaging property, which is borderline, something to really be worried about. Yeah. But when it's almost, it's, it's almost too much when you are rearranging and modifying your behavior to accommodate an object. And that's exactly what I think you nailed when it comes to my phone ringing, because if it's yeah. not on airplane mode, which it's usually not, I'm immediately distracted. That's right. Um, which is disrespectful to the person you're meeting with. Yeah. And it, not to mention, I feel like I'm now, I'm the tool. Like, oh, my phone's, I'm now a slave to my phone. The right. phone's ring has kind of made me the tool because I'm dropping everything that I do to go look at what the screen says. Interesting. Um, yeah, so there's actually two concepts that you're bringing up that's, that I've, I've thought about a lot. Uh, 
let's talk immediately about the the distraction piece about the phone and this is why i love airplane mode um context switching is so expensive the moment you have to switch your context it's really really expensive um even if it's for something like super mundane the fact that you cannot do focused work destroys your ability to do excellent work Mm -hmm. right because i think in order to do excellent work you have to be really focused Mm -hmm. so if i wanted to give somebody career advice and I'm sitting there and like my phone's constantly buzzing for some, and it's, and I don't even know what the notification says, but it's just buzzing. I'm not present with that person. So how am I going to listen to them? Because I'm like listening to them maybe even 90% of the time, but 5% of the time is just like, my phone's buzzing, my phone's buzzing. Oh my gosh, something's wrong. Um, and I ended up realizing there's not that many situations where I need to be like respond, like I need to respond like, within 30 seconds. It's probably a 0.1%. Yeah, it's not like, right. And and there's some people, and you know, like it's amazing for like, that they do that. Like work requires them. Like a police officer, right? (laughs) Like if their radio starts chirping that there's somebody armed with a gun, like doing whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) sorry guys, can't get my coffee. (laughs) I gotta run off and do whatever. That's right. Gotta go. (laughs) Gotta go, right? And that's like one of the one of the big problems I think that um, that those folks have because that's a requirement of their job or like a fireman right like oh my gosh like there's a fire I gotta go. For me, you have the luxury of not having that digital leash, so to speak. Kind of right, you know, and you know, sure, there might be issues with you know the company or whatever, and it's fine, but I don't think that there's gonna be that much of an emergency. And I hope that we've built systems in place to prevent catastrophic emergencies that require us to be alert to it within like a minute. And that's why uh, that, that, that's, that addresses that piece. And that's why I love it so much because I'm just like, it'll be fine. Um, even my mom calls. Like I love my mom, but like even if she calls, it's not like rarely is it going to be urgent. And we call her back. Right, and she's in Southern California. So even if it is urgent, there's really nothing I could do, <laughs> like, like, like within like that minute time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I think about that. Um, so that's piece one. The second piece, which is really fascinating about the thing owning you, like the nice car. Um, I used to feel the same way with all my photography equipment. That oh my gosh, I just spent like X number of dollars on this camera. I will treat it like my precious. And it's insured. And it's and insured. my life would be a lot worse if something were to happen to it. That's right. And the interesting thing that I found out is the camera produces pictures that I want. The bag holds the items that I want. The car takes me to a place that I want. It's actually, they're all tools. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to sound a little bit bratty, but it's almost like, even if I wrecked it or I destroyed it or whatever, it will hurt to replace it. But it's kind of just like a weird money thing. Right. It's like a right? means to an end. And that's, that's right. attitude is actually the best attitude to have around right. stuff. But, right. it, but it's not as easy. As My friend's dad does something really fascinating. He buys a new car. He takes a hammer and he immediately dings it. Because psychologically like, it helps him. And he's just like, like, well, it's already damaged. So there it is. That is my car. Should have just bought a rental. Should <laughs> just go buy cars that already have the ding. I mean, that's, cars that's are right. one of those things where the moment the keys change hands, it drops in such no, value. That's right. 
but at the same time it's just like it's his way of saying that like this isn't like like it doesn't matter to me right that mm-hmm. um uh, it, it's just a thing that i own yeah right like it's kind of a weird like there's like, a little dominance move of me over this car i put that ding right there by myself right um but i, I think if it's also you know you can always replace it right it, it just sucks right you know um it's a x thousand dollar car it's an x thousand dollar bag and you're like i scuffed it up i damaged it now i have to do that um but it's just stuff at the end it's of the just day. stuff yeah and there is a lot of stuff now more, yeah more so than any other time in human history don't you think yeah. just like stuff you know there's even tv shows that talk about people's stuff that they've left in storage like storage, storage wars, wars. <laughs> that right. best like hotel trashy hotel tv it is <laughs> and, and, and you sit there you're like what like why would you own this and then why yeah. would you put it in storage and like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> but it's it's so fascinating that um and this is something i've been working on a lot which is actually you know every single time i buy something i try to throw away two other things right um, and that's kind of like a, a, the new model that I'm trying to do. Not have been super successful with it, but at the same time, it's like kind of a good policy or a good mental exercise to be like, if I would buy this one thing, what two things should I just get rid of? Um, that doesn't matter that much anymore. Yeah, that takes a lot of discipline. I, I don't think I've ever reached that stage. Yeah. I just, I have a thing for clothes, a thing for shoes. So, <laughs> tell me more, right? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love that philosophy in in theory. Um, I just think like you know, do you want to forsake one existing passion for one that you're gonna have to develop with a little bit of pain? Which I mean, you know, there are pros and cons to yeah. a more simplified life. I've read those blog posts of folks who try to reduce all their earthly belongings to like hundred things and then they then they go down to 75 things yeah and they go down to 50 things yeah and then they go down to 25 things and I mean it's like choose between your running shoes or shampoo right right right, <laughs> uh. <laughs> right. and I don't know there, there, there's some beauty to it in, in in like a weird way that there's like that we are making this conscious decision to not have too much stuff um, but I think that, I don't know, how, one of my friends described this in a very fascinating way. Is like, I think of the world as like a giant bank. And what I do is I actually borrow from the bank this thing, I use it, and then I just return it back into the, into the bank. So that there's no need for me to truly own something. So I think his concept works really well for like camping gear. So he just plans on reselling everything that he that's exactly correct okay right or uses like on-demand stuff or whatever right like uber is like the best example right sometimes it's like dude i don't really need a car and um now it does make grocery shopping a little bit more painful or it makes commuting a little bit more painful but then you end up realizing like the cost of the car the depreciation of the car the insurance that's on top of the inevitable parking tickets that you will get in san francisco that's right the busted window the busted window or three um, and then just like general wear and tear of like the car, like, is it really worth to own the car anymore when you can just utilize cars as you need to? Um, another one I think that's a great example is, um, that startup, uh, rent the runway, right? Like, you know, like you're a fashionista, right? Like, like how often do you wear like that six, $800 dress? 
Not that often. And only for a few hours sometimes. That's right. Yeah. Whereas like jeans you'll wear like all the time, right? So you should own jeans. Right? You shouldn't rent jeans. That's crazy. But like for the cocktail dress that you're only going to wear like two times mm-hmm. um, or, or like two times for X number of hours or just one time for X number of hours or whatever, why should you own it? Why should it take up space in your closet? Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, what you just said that for these last few minutes is exactly the opening pitch for 50 startups. Yeah. <laughs> you can swap out the product, you swap out the name, right? But That's exactly I, correct. I absolutely agree with you. And um, especially I think our generation is a little bit less wary of using pre-owned things. Um, actually, I, I don't want to, I sound like an entitled millennial saying that because people have always liked going thrift shopping. I mean, my uncle, That's right. right? Yeah, I lo- in, in the yeah, 70s I, and 80s. I love it too. I, I discover all sorts of stuff. But I, I would thrift shop for staples, right? Or, you know, if it's such a good deal then that's fine too for like that cocktail dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm speaking for you, not for me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that cocktail dress, um, You've earned that butt through many, many like that, wheelhouse classes. That's right, spin classes. All, all my spin classes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm always fascinated by how people, um, like what people actually truly own and what you don't need to own, right? Like, I'll give a great example. Like my photography gear, I don't use it that much, that much. But the f- the convenience is worth me having it. Instead of you going and renting something, filling out the paperwork. That's correct. Being on the on the line for anything in case it. Is yeah, and I would rather own it, and I use it enough, but I don't use it super frequently. So I think of that that is kind of like the way. Um, you know, because I want to take photos, mm-hmm. and if I have a camera readily available, that's awesome. It'll lower the barrier. It lowers the barrier. Doing right. it right. So yeah. Anyways, cool. All right. Well, if you're listening out there and you have any other suggestions for what me and Davy should mull over, you can go to at Ask Experimental across Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can also just email yeah. us as well. Yeah. Your, I also just set up the emails for uh, Davey at askexperimental.com and Crystal at askexperimental.com. Really complicated so email that. addresses. Yeah. Well, we don't want to give out our personal ones. so. Well, I meant like the convention <laughs> of first name and at askexperimental.com. That's right. Yeah. We didn't think that part through. You know what would really throw everyone for a loop is if I was Davey at askexperimental.com and you were Crystal at askexperimental.com. <laughs> yeah. That would that would be that you would, would just troll everyone. That would just be very different. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, let's uh, end on that note. <laughs> well, if, if you want to, you know, email at email Crystal at Ask Experimental, wondering if Davy is single. You know, Davy or I might get that email. So, <laughs> just for the record, that's an example of a use case. Yeah, let's end there. <laughs>